0: Hey there. Please forgive me for subjecting you to this.
1: Thank you for calling the State Health Benefits Program and School Employee Health Benefits Program. Administered Sound familiar? Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey.
0: And uh, again, I am so sorry to subject you to it.
1: For assurance
0: purposes. But have you ever wondered how much of my life am I going to spend on this call?
1: I mean,
0: they're not even giving me a number to press so I can sit on hold
1: also referenced on the back of your id card
0: just to sit on hold i've got to listen to all of this options have changed well i've got an answer for you you may not like it i don't like it but a professor at stanford measured it and as a nation we spend 12 million hours a week on the phone with our health insurance
2: To speak to a health guide agent regarding your
0: benefits, claims, and And of course, this is just one of the ways we get frustrated by health insurance. We've got a big battle to fight. And the professor who did that research will remind us, we've got a lot to learn about what and who we're fighting. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about why healthcare costs so freaking much and what we can maybe do about it. I'm Dan Weissman. I'm a reporter and I like a challenge. So, my job on this show is to take one of the most enraging, terrifying, depressing parts of American life, boy howdy, and bring you a show that's entertaining, empowering, and useful. And for the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about health insurance. Over the last year and some, I've met some people who have decades of experience fighting it and studying it. And they've taught me a lot of the time we have rights, we maybe have options we really know nothing about. But in order to get to that, we have to learn more about what we're up against, which is weirder than we knew. So strap in. Let's start with that professor and those 12 million hours.
2: I'm Jeffrey Pfeffer. I teach at Stanford Business School. I've been a full professor actually for 42 years.
0: And he says counting those hours amounted to just taking advantage of a lucky break and offer to collaborate from the polling company Gallup.
2: I have like a title which I don't think means anything, which is senior research scientist or something.
0: Which was lucky for him because besides asking people who they'll vote for, Gallup does these enormous surveys every year about how people live. How's your health? How's work going? How do you spend your time? So Jeffrey had a suggestion.
2: You know, we should have a question and ask how much time. People are spending both inside and outside of work with their health insurer.
0: And the Gallup folks were like, sounds great. So they asked, how much time did you spend talking with health insurance last week? Of course, lots of people said zero and counted themselves lucky, but lots of people said some. And on average, those people spent about half an hour. Jeffrey's a business school professor, and he'd asked about how much that time was work time, more than half and did some math to figure out this was so many tens of billions of dollars in wages. And that's not actually the worst part because Jeffrey also had the Gallup folks tie answers to this question to other questions they ask folks about work to measure things like burnout and how likely you are to miss work.
2: And we found that if you spent more time with your health culture, you miss more days, uh, you were less engaged, you were uh, more stressed, more burned out. And this is, by the way, controlling For your health stakes.
0: Because, yeah, Gallup asks people about their health too. As a business school guy, Jeffrey did the math on how much all this burnout costs people's employers, and it was big multiples of the wages. All super familiar. And of course, Jeffrey Pfeffer has his own health insurance nightmare stories. After he got back surgery a bunch of years ago, he ended up keeping a file folder labeled Blue Shield Troubles. In the last year, his wife has needed physical therapy. She goes to the same place every time, gets the same service.
2: And every time Blue Shield processes one of their claims, they pay a different percentage and a different amount. <laughs> and, I, and I and if you ask them why, they have no explanation.
0: And here's where things get less familiar, because here are the next words out of Jeffrey Pfeffer's mouth. And, and, and the problem is not Blue Shield. So let's be clear. Okay, then who's the problem? The problem is Stanford. Stanford should fire Blue Shield. This is Jeffrey Pfeffer, business school professor. It's also Jeffrey Pfeffer who has sat on a particular Stanford committee off and on for 30 years.
2: It's called the Stanford Committee for Faculty and Staff, Human Resources, but it is essentially a committee that only basically deals
0: with health insurance. So here's one thing he knows about the health insurance that most of us get from work, about the jobs Stanford and other employers are hiring companies like Blue Shield to do. Well, here's what they're not doing. They're not providing insurance. Most large and many mid sized employers now are self-insured. Self-insured. This turns out to be a thing we need to understand because if you get your insurance from work, it's probably a self-insured plan. Like two-thirds of people who get their health insurance from work, it's self-insured. People who work for bigger companies, like with a 1,000 people or more, 92% are in self-insured plans. And if you're in a self-insured plan, well, it won't be obvious. You'll have an insurance card that says Cigna or United or Aetna or whatever. But you're operating in a different universe, which we should get to know. I mean, if you're going to sit on hold to talk with somebody for your part of that 12 million hours, you want to know what their job is. So what the heck is self-insurance? We're going to leave Jeffrey Pfeffer here to talk with one of my favorite health insurance nerds.
1: I'm Karen Pollitz. I'm a senior fellow at Kaiser Family Foundation in Washington, D.C.
0: And you know a lot about health insurance.
1: I know a lot. <laughs> Not everything. There's No one knows everything, but I know a lot.
0: And just with the usual disclaimers, Kaiser Family Foundation is the parent group for our partners at Kaiser Health News, and neither is connected to the healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente. Karen is one of their big health insurance nerds, and she's here to help me make sure I get this part right. So... Insurance insurance, you or your employer pay premiums to Blue Shield or Aetna or whoever. And if you ever get sick and need medical care, Blue Cross or Aetna or whoever would be paying for it with their own money. You're paying them to take on the risk. Self-insurance, not so much.
1: Right. The insurance company isn't taking any risk here. They know exactly what they're going to get paid. (laughs) They know exactly what they're going to be required to do. But it doesn't really matter if somebody has an extra heart-lung transplant. That's not on the insurance
0: company. That all comes out of the employers. Now, Karen mentions your employer does buy insurance insurance from somebody. It's called stop-loss insurance in case there's a lot of heart-lung transplants or, you know, a global pandemic that puts a lot of people in the hospital for a long time. But that's a backstop. Blue Cross or Aetna or whoever's name is on your insurance card, that's not their main job your employer is paying them a fee to act as what's called a third-party administrator. That's the role. I asked Karen, what are they getting paid to do?
1: So they're actually conducting the technical business of insurance, kind of several major things. One is they have built a
0: provider network. So that they've negotiated deals, with, yep. and which includes prices, yep. with doctors and hospitals and whoever else. And they're like, this is the package. And here's what in-network means.
1: Yes. And then number two, they actually process the claim. So when you submit a claim, you go to the doctor, you get a bill. The health insurer actually makes sure that all the codes are correct.
0: And applies the math. This policy pays this much for this kind of thing, or maybe it doesn't pay at all. And then whatever the policy is supposed to pay for, they make sure the employer pays it. And they take their fee as a third-party administrator. Jeffrey Pfeffer pegs that fee at 20%, and he's like, this is such a rip-off.
2: You are paying some organization 20% to move money from one pocket to another. The visa doesn't charge 20%. You know, MasterCard doesn't charge 20%. Even American Express doesn't charge 20%. The idea that you're paying 20% to, to move money from one pocket to the other is just in, 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 incredible. I mean, this is
0: basically just a money transfer system. Karen Pollitt's, isn't so sure that's the right analogy. She thinks processing claims with all the billing codes and the due diligence is more complicated than ringing up your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts.
1: I mean, there's a reason we hire insurance companies to do this stuff. (laughs) This is not stuff you and I could just do, right, (laughs) or take a, you know, community college class and figure it out. This is this is complicated. Even Medicare, right, doesn't process its own claims. They hire an insurance company to do that.
0: Okay. Okay. And some of that complexity, maybe a lot of it, is why we spend 12 million hours a week on the phone with these folks, whether they're doing actual insurance insurance or acting as third-party administrators. And the complexity that produces those 12 million hours, it can hide a variety of sins, which can include sins against the employers paying those third-party administrator fees, even when those employers are big and powerful. That's right after this. This episode of An Arm and a Leg is produced in partnership with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit newsroom that covers healthcare in America. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with the healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente. We'll have a little more information on Kaiser Health News at the end of this episode. Okay, just recently, a reporter at another podcast opened my eyes to some wild shenanigans that insurance companies get up to when they're in this role of a third party administrator. I'm Leslie Walker. I'm a senior producer on the podcast Trade-Offs. Trade-Offs is a little like us. They look at the economics of healthcare, and they're a little different from us. We tend to look from the bottom up, and they've got more of a top-down perspective. Leslie's recent story for them was pretty juicy. It starts with a 71-year-old retiree in North Carolina, Sandy Peters. She had been getting chiropractic care for years at the same place, doing the same thing, paying the same copay, six bucks. Then, suddenly, one day, her copay is 14 bucks.
1: I figured somebody had made an honest mistake.
0: She does some checking. She writes a letter. She gets no real answer. And she notices something. Her insurance, which comes from the company her husband used to work for, the Mars Candy Company, the Milky Way people, they're paying more too. 30 bucks more every time for the same service. And this worries her.
1: We thought that we could lose our health care with Mars. Uh, which that's costly. How many companies today give their retirees healthcare benefits? And Mars does.
0: And she goes after this, writes a dozen letters, does all kinds of research.
1: Um, yeah, I'm kind of like a dog with a bone. <laughs> Tenacious, I think's the term.
0: She goes on like this for a year and ends up finding a lawyer who she thinks will be interested in what she's found. And by this time, it's a binder three inches thick. It's, it's a color-coded binder with uh, all the letters she's written, all the things she's learned from her provider about, like, billing codes and why certain codes are appearing on bills, all the letters she got back from the state of North Carolina from her employer. That lawyer is very interested. He brings a class-action lawsuit against the insurance company, that is, the third-party administrator, Aetna. Filing that case allows him to demand documents from Aetna, and what he finds is wild. <laughs> It starts with a bit that's very, very nerdy. Mars is paying Aetna to manage its health benefits, and Aetna has subcontracted with another company, Optum, to manage part of those benefits, chiropractic. That is the nerdy part. Here is the wild part. Aetna is paying Optum a fee, but it wants to hide that fee from Mars, the company paying the bills. And what they agree on is to find a basically a fake medical billing code, what they call a dummy code, to add to every bill to kind of hide these fees as if they are a medical expense. And that's why Sandy Peters is paying an extra eight bucks a pop and Marr is an extra 30 bucks a pop. They're getting billed for this dummy code. It's a total conspiracy. The lawyer, Brian Hufford, obtains emails from employees at the two companies that spell it all out. They were right up front by saying,
2: boy, if somebody knows about this, we could get into trouble, whether it's the employer or the regulators, so we better keep it hidden.
0: And if 71-year-old Sandy Peters hadn't been so tenacious, they would have totally gotten away with it. The case isn't fully resolved yet, but a federal appeals court last summer ruled that Aetna had unjustly enriched itself. Aetna did not comment to trade-offs. Optum told them it had delivered aggregate savings. Okay. Nobody knows whether this is a wild outlier or whether this kind of stuff goes on all the time. But what that lawyer told Leslie Walker from trade Offs is nobody's looking. He's been doing cases like this for 20 years and never once has an employer come to him and said, we think we're getting screwed by our third party administrator. Would you take a look? The employers, they basically sort of feel like, look, we've got to provide health insurance. We've hired this administrator.
2: It's way too complicated for us to figure it out. So we're just going to pay that money and worry about other stuff that we can control. And they just don't pay attention.
0: But Leslie Walker from TradeOffs found an employee who was paying attention, close attention, and who got pretty pissed off, shocked at what she found. Kristen Deacon was in charge of health benefits for the state of New Jersey. Long story short, there was a budget crunch and she was supposed to cut a few hundred million bucks from her budget. No big. She looks at the bills from her third party administrator and finds a big line item, recovery services. This is where the insurance plan has overpaid, like say a hospital accidentally double bills for a knee replacement. Here's Kristen.
1: Let's say it was a $50,000 knee replacement, but we get billed $100,000 because they accidentally duplicated.
0: The insurance company figures it out, takes back $50,000, except then they charge Christine for $6,000 in recovery services. That's their cut, 12%. It's in their contract, which seems like a big cut for, you know, correcting their own mistake.
1: So, yeah, what the F, right? For me, it was one of the first moments when I recognized how screwed self-funded employers were and are and will continue to be until they really take agency and insert themselves in this process.
0: There's more. Kristen Deacon got the state legislatures okay to hire a totally different company to do recovery services. And then the insurance company gave that company a ton of pushback, made it hard for them to do their job. I mean, we've arrived at the part of the episode where I say, I'm not here to bum you out. And I'm not. But we do need to take a moment here with thanks to Leslie Walker and the folks at Tradeoffs to take in what we've learned. There's a lot of evidence that even when insurance companies are actually working for big organizations, Mars Candy, Stanford University, the state of New Jersey, when they're just guns for hire, taking a fee, those giant organizations do not exercise a lot of oversight and as Kristen Deacon's experience in New Jersey indicates, don't always have a lot of leverage. That completely sucks. And there's this whole other thing. And in some ways, it's the part we've been leading up to. When you're in a self-funded plan, you're actually in a whole different legal situation from if you've got insurance insurance. One big thing, your state insurance commission, they cannot help you at all. They've got no jurisdiction. Self-funded plans are governed by federal law regulator is the u.s department of labor holy cow which sucks but it's important to know because if you're in the position of fighting your insurance you want to know all the bad news which is why i've been enjoying talking with Lori todd who calls herself the insurance warrior she's fought and won more than 200 insurance appeals lots of them life or death most of them what she calls hopeless cases You might remember our pal Marshall Allen back in June said, buy her book. So I did. And we talked.
2: The first thing that I say to people when I'm working with them is I say, no appeal was ever meant to lead to an approval. This is not a good faith
0: process. Yeah, talk about leading with the bad news. The good news is she knows how to win. She was her own first client after she got diagnosed with a rare cancer in 2005. There was an effective treatment, but her insurance didn't want to pay for it.
2: And if I hadn't been a quick study and had a short learning curve, I would have been dead by 2007. So that makes me relentless, and it makes me determined to understand every single uh, uh, shenanigan that they have for us.
0: Next time on An Arm and a Leg, we'll start to hear how she fights back and wins. And the stuff we've been talking about this time, about how Often, the insurance company is just taking a fee from your employer. Learning how that works was key to one of her first big victories. We're gonna hear all about it. So I'll catch you in two weeks with that. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode of An Arm and a Leg was produced by me, Dan Weissman, with help from Emily Pisa and edited by Marion Wang. Daisy Rosario is our consulting managing producer. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks this time to Chris Sakis. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America. It's an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the big healthcare outfit. They share an ancestor. This guy, Henry J. Kaiser, he had his hands in a lot of different stuff. Smelted aluminum, owned some early TV stations, created one of the first big tourist resorts in Hawaii. When he died more than 50 years ago, he left half his money to the foundation that later created Kaiser Health News. You can learn more about him in Kaiser Health News at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is National Editor for Broadcast, and Tanya English is Senior Editor for Broadcast Innovation at Kaiser Health News. They are editorial liaisons to this show. Thanks to Public Narrative, that's a Chicago-based group that helps journalists and nonprofits tell better stories, for serving as our fiscal sponsor, allowing us to accept tax-exempt donations. You can learn more about Public Narrative at www.publicnarrative.org. And thanks to everyone who is pitching in financially to help get this show made. We could not do it without you. And everyone is absolutely welcome to join in at armandalegshow.com slash support. Thank you.